Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazoni. Part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. All right, Doug, we're going to try to do two shows this week. It's a big, heavy lift, but I think we can manage it. I'm looking forward to doing today's show. It's the listener one, the mailbag questions. I've really been wanting to do that. After a two and four week, you know, there's some questions about what the Giants are going to do. You know, they're really close to that 500 uh, at all times, 500, it seems like. So, yeah, well, the questions, I think we'll address that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's important that the team is consistent. You know, they they went one and two in the first series. They went one and two in the second series. I assume they'll go one and two in Colorado. And so it's they're doing a good job of maintaining very low expectations. I always like that you're willing to give the Giants a little more credit than I feel they deserve. Like somehow, you know what my baseline is and you're like a little bit more, Brian, a little little dash won't kill you. And I and it and it does just to be honest, well, kills me a little bit. It's important to extend credit because that's how <laughs> banks make money. And I could also use some money. <laughs> I think we have some good questions that actually will help us answer that some more. Uh, we're going to get into them in a second. Uh, but first, you know, a couple of things. The Orioles, like you said, were in town. Adley Rutschman is their star catcher, switch hitting star catcher. Guess what? The Giants have their own switch hitting catcher, Doug. And he's kind of a star too, Patrick Bailey. But of course... I think orange and black and trans uh, transcendent catching talent. It makes me think of Buster Posey. One big difference between, uh, you know, it's Rutschman's age 25 season and Buster Posey's age 25 season. He was a 10 win player and he won the MVP and Adley Rutschman is not that. So there's that. But Buster Posey, I'm pretty sure does not like the sketch comedy show on Netflix. I think you should leave. And Adley Rutschman does. And we should give him credit for that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I have a I have a grudge to bear against. I think you should leave because every so often uh, Grant Brisby will tweet at me, "Shut the f- up, Doug, you f- skunk." <laughs> so I uh, I have a bone to pick with with uh, old Tim there. If uh, you haven't seen the show, it stars this uh, comedian Tim Robinson, who <laughs> Casey Schmidt is not the spitting image of. But the similarities there, as much as we said last week, the Patrick Bailey, A.G. Pruszynski comp is not there. It's it's definitely there with uh, with Patrick Bailey or with uh, Casey Schmidt and Tim Robinson. So 
I will definitely be figuring out a way, especially since I think you should leave just dropped its new, new uh, season, their third season this past week. I'm definitely, Doug, trying to figure out how much energy and time can I spend with Photoshop just dropping Casey Schmidt into some sketches and Tim Robinson into some baseball images. I don't know. It seems like there's a, there's an article, at least one post worth of content there. So <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm I mean, I think, you'll, I think you'll get some very coveted retweets on that one. Like Grant <laughs> will probably retweet it. Uh, Michael Clare will 100% retweet it. I would like at least six engagements. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael Clare, I've gone to baseball games with him. I've hung out with him. He's really fantastic. That Michael Clare was the one he tweeted about uh, Adley Rutschman's I Think You Should Leave interest. And it is funny. He is uh, – this is what puts him a cut above. He is kind of a – not a smart guy. I don't mean to me like if you like the show, then you're smart. But like just more than a basic baseball player because he said he, in the article he shows showed the rest of his team and they were like kind of annoyed by it or didn't get it. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's great. So there's something else going on there. But Michael Clare, he writes for Cut4 at MLB.com. Uh, so, you know, follow him online, uh, read his stuff. He's great. He loves baseball. He loves like the costumes, or the, the uniforms, the hats. He likes all the the parts of baseball. I just like watching the games and other people like other things such as the splash hits. Oh, <laughs> I, I like splash hits, but <laughs> I also like splash hits. Uh, but the Giants have hit their 100th splash hit. It was hit by Lamont Wade Jr. on the first pitch of the bottom of the first inning on Friday night against the Orioles. It was a it was a no doubter, but also it was that line drive shot where from that same swing angle we've seen that it's not necessarily guaranteed to go into the water. But it was like, whoa, is that going to go in the water? And then it went in the water. It's like, oh, yeah, it definitely did. But uh, exciting stuff. Where were you, Doug, when they happened on the toilet uh, again? <laughs> uh yeah i mean i'm usually on the toilet this time yep. though i managed to luck out i actually just had the tv on and i was watching it uh and you know it, it went and i don't i don't think uh Dwayne kuyper knew immediately he said that and that's gone you know he did his regular home run call and then like after me he's like did that get in the water i was like yeah it did it did Dwayne. <laughs> it did Dwayne, who is not retiring despite that rumor <laughs> that went around from a guy who sucks I was offline when all that, like the whole, that whole experience of the, is Dwayne Kuyper retiring at season's end? That all happened when I was just offline for like a 12 hour span, which never happens, but it did. And like, by the time I came back on, I was just seeing the ruins of that. But yeah, uh, we, but also if people listen to our Croncast, they'll know we've talked about this already. It certainly sounds like we're heading that direction, but the Giants are very clear he's contracted through 2024. So, you know. Uh, he's sticking around and so are, so are these splash hits. That's five for Wade jr. He's a, uh, you know, bonds has 35, I believe uh, Pablo Sandoval is way up there. Did you watch that video that they put out of NBC sports released of all 100 splash hits? Uh, I, I absolutely did. I actually quote tweeted it. Um, and I said, and, and I quote, I absolutely recognize Michael Tucker's swing. I have been a lost cause for 20 years. 
that is a very fun video in that exact way of like, can, are you are you a bad enough dude to yeah. get all the swings in that video? There are definitely there's one I had to guess. I'm like, okay, the first non bonds one is Bernard, I think, and then the next one is Caesar Crespo or or Felipe Crespo, or I think I have those reverse. I'm not sure. No, no, it can't be. It has to be Felipe Crespo. It's Felipe Crespo. I don't think Bernard ever had one. Okay, but it was basically, I was like, okay, who are these people? Uh, The Michael Tucker one, definitely, people have got to go and watch that. And also, look on McCovey Chronicles. I wrote about this list. Go to the Giants site and see the list, too, of people. Interestingly, that Michael Conforto, I believe, has two, but not as a but only one is a giant. So, or both not as a giant. So that was interesting. He was my guy. Both. (laughs) He was my guy to be 100, but then he got injured. Uh, It didn't happen. Lamont Wade Jr. Said, I don't know who it goes to, but I think personally it, meaning the 100th splash it ball should go to me. I would like to keep it. Wade said after the giants three, two loss to the Baltimore Orioles. So I'm pretty sure we will have discussions and negotiations about that. I I think it should be mine. So a very uh, Kendall Roy, it should be me, who <laughs> keeps the ball. But uh, that that was in the Mercury News uh, from Friday. Doug, did you know that there was a 100th splash hit sweepstakes? No, and I think I actually did hear them say it, and then I forgot immediately. And the winner is going to receive a 20-person suite either this season or next. So you entered the sweepstake. That was open from my, you know, some point in May, and then it was going to close either by the end of the season or whoever hit the 100th. So you had to just that amount of time to draw. I wonder who it's going to be. I, <laughs> I, I don't remember hearing anything about it until they mentioned it. So I, I'm kind of like, is it just going to be someone from the team? Who is going like someone who works in the team that was somehow eligible? I'm not sure. Larry Bear's college friend. That's right. Oh, I need to jump back. That video that was released, everyone needs to download that right now <laughs> because I don't want it to be lost to history like the the time that um, – at the time, what was it called? It wasn't NBC Sports Bay Area. It was Fox Sports Bay Area. They put out the video of all three seven – of all Bond's home runs, 73 home runs in 2001, and you cannot find that video anywhere. So, da- so folks – think about it just grab it wherever you can find it i'm sure it might even be on youtube but i know it's on twitter at least download it if you see it grab it store it save it post it on giants message boards we can't lose that we need it Um, yeah i mean so one of the things i've never forgiven mlb.com for is they used to have all the all the splash hits like embedded or all the the videos available ready to embed. So I wrote a whole two-part article from McCovey Chronicles where I ranked all of Barry Bonds' splash hits. And then the links all died. So that article is unreadable now. I mean, you can read the words, but there were supposed to be videos of every home run, and there are not. Kids, they used to let us go back years and watch full games. Yeah. We could just do whatever we wanted with it. It was cool. It wasn't hurting anybody. And then they stopped letting us do that, and it was terrible. Shout out to Fans First Sports Network. We've got our logo up. Want to just mention that. Probably should mention it at the top of the show, but uh, our nice and shiny new Giants Croncast uh, logo that you see uh, on your feeds. I like it. I think it's great. And uh, congratulations to us, Doug. Several weeks later, we finally have a logo for <laughs> It's not just Gabe Kapler's face anymore. That's right. The, the issue was that... 
there were so many shows coming into the network. They only had so many, so many people available to do the logos. You were invited to do your own. And I thought as a way of putting our best foot forward, we should not do that. Because if I were to do the logo, it would suck. So I did not want it to suck and then change. I just thought that it would work this way. And it, I think it did. I think it turned out very nicely. Um, I, I told Brian, by the way, that I could whip something up really nice in paint. It would only take me like three minutes. And he, he I didn't even get to another sentence before he said no. I don't want your toilet art. I know what you do. It's like you're going to use the paint app while you're sitting on the toilet. And then, no, I didn't want that. It's where inspiration comes from. <laughs> Save it for your sub stack. That's what I <laughs> I do. The, uh, and also another urgent plea for Giants fans. As you're downloading that video of the Splash Hits, please go and side scroll and vote for Tyro Estrada. Lamont Wade Jr. and Michael Conforto for the All-Star game. The that opening the that voting has begun. It's phase one. They're doing two phases. Uh, but if you win the most votes, you automatically go in. You're you're gonna be a starter. So I, Tyro Estrada is got competition for some reason. As was pointed out very aptly by one of the commenters. I think a lot of fans are probably gonna go for the guy who's hitting almost 400. Uh, versus Tyro Estrada, who is the best by wins above replacement, the best second baseman in all of uh, baseball. Louis Arise, people are going to vote for because, again, almost hitting 400. But he doesn't do anything else. Like, it's not like he's hitting a bunch of doubles and triples. <laughs> They're singles. He's got one home run. You know, Tyro Estrada's got seven home runs. He's got uh, – this is all off the top of my head, so I might have to do a bunch of editing. But uh, he's he plays great defense just at second base, which I still think is a little weird. But he's he's leading right now, leading the National League in wins above replacement. He's half a win behind Marcus Semien in the American League. But overall, that's the best second baseman in the National League. So I would think that as a Giants fan and as a baseball fan, that people should just vote for him to be the starting second baseman right now. It, it Sure, it hurts that he's going to be on the IL, but guess what? Dougie's coming back in Colorado. Good time for him to come back, which we'll talk about that oh, a little perfect. bit later. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Lamont Wade Jr., his leadoff skills, uh, fantastic. He's got enough power. His defense is slightly better than some of the other options. And Michael Conforto, power, his line all the way around, walks, uh, you know, slugging. Right there with the outfield. So as I, I offer those three to Giants fans uh, and and people are like, oh, I got to vote my conscience or who's doing the best. Those three are actually doing all-star level performance worthy of your consideration. Okay. That's, that's enough for that. I'm evangelizing the Giants. Now let's get to your listener questions where uh, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, Doug, what's our first question? Uh, our first question comes from friend of the Croncast, Steve Svensson, Steve Svensson, who asked, wondering what our expectations should be for David VR. His StatCast page is all kinds of odd. You don't typically see a great barrel rate paired with a bad hard hit percentage, uh, max exit velocity and expected slugging. His chase percent, whiff percent, and swing strike percentages are also a weird mix. Well, David VR, I think the answer is pretty simple. It's not. It's not actually that weird. He's not. He's not making a lot of contact. That's why the, the numbers yeah. looked at it, that it is how it looks because 
he can barrel the ball, but the reason why his hard hit rate doesn't match up is because most of the time when he is making contact, it's not actually um, all that great. And he's not making that much contact, period. His value right now is strictly defensive. His outs above average look really nice. He's actually a, a pretty darn good second ba- second baseman there, which is, I think, a little surprising. But I think we saw that last year where they were playing him at second base a bit more. But the strikeouts are just – the contact is just unsustainable. He mentioned when he was sent down that he one of the things he actually is going to work on is his attitude. You know, I think he's beating himself up a lot, and that's that's hurting him um, a little bit. So because, yes, I think the reason why the StatCast page is weird is the same reason why it's frustrating watching him. Like you can see the talent, and it's just not coming together for some reason. Um, and we've seen last year, at least, that there were little little hiccups or burps of when it was it looked like it was coming together, and it just hasn't happened this year. Yeah, I mean, so if you look at that sack ass page, when he hits the ball, he's doing great. So his expected WBA, w, WOBA, we'll say, his ex-WOBA on contact is 391, which is great. His overall ex-WOBA is 297. So, I mean, you just look at those two things and you go, not making enough contact. And then his actual ex, his actual woba is two thirty one. So he is also getting kind of unlucky when he hits the ball, but he's not hitting the ball enough to justify being in the lineup. And that basically all comes down to swing through off speed pitches like crazy, and he's also th- swing through a lot of breaking pitches. About half the time when he gets either of those pitches, he's swinging through it, and that's just it's just too easy to pitch to a guy when that's the case. He's got a four to one. Strikeout to walk in major in the major leagues this season, two to one in the minors right now, and he's got a thousand OPS in in eleven AAA games, and you know half of that in in the major leagues. So we can clearly see like he has a little bit of a gap. He's got some things to figure out there, but he definitely just looks like a player struggling. I feel like the stat, the Statcast page simply rep, reflects that. So then the other half of that question from Steve was. As the calendar turns to June, has your opinion of the 2023 Giants changed when compared to how you viewed them prior to the season starting? I still think they will have streaks in both directions and finish around 500, narrowly missing the playoffs. You take this one first. Uh, no, I mean, that's this seems like about what they are. So when they're when they're fully healthy, firing on all cylinders, they're a little better than this. They're, you know, if you guaranteed the Giants would be healthy all year. I would think 86 to 87 wins, but the Giants are not built to be healthy all year. Um, they have older players. They have, I mean, they have a few younger players. I don't want to say like they're all older, but you know, they built a lot of their team around Conforto, Hanager, uh, Jock Peterson, guys who are not young anymore. And so you, you have to accept, expect some attrition there. So just taking into account all the injuries that they're going to see, um, yeah, I mean, about a 500 team is probably what I would expect. And that's around where they are. The the only, yes, I agree. But a couple of weeks ago, we already talked about this. I mean, I said, don't believe any hype. This They are a 500 team. But I was also, compared to what I thought coming into the season, there is something that we cannot ignore that is undeniable, that is absolutely a difference that they actually have exciting players on the team, even though they're dealing with injuries. Like 
the the fact that they really do rely on Casey Schmidt and I guess even now Patrick Bailey to get them the big hit is is not where you want to be where it's like it only comes down to those two players and it's the players with like the least experience. That's not a good position to be in, to be honest. But at the same time, I didn't expect them coming into the season to even be folding in these younger players at at this point. I thought if it was going to happen optimistically, we're talking about the second half of the season and even get these two. And then, you know, Bailey, I don't think offensively, that's why they called him up. Although I, I certainly think they liked his swing decisions, maybe his, his strike zone uh, control. They like that seems like it, but um, you know, Schmidt has been such a shot in the arm. Bailey is such a better catcher than Blake Sable back there that it's just like, They've improved themselves from within, and I was not expecting that for sure. So that's been surprising. But all of that in service of still being a 500 team, which is annoying. <laughs> you know, another I mean, part of that, Doug, I don't think we realized how bad we didn't conceive of Stripling being as bad as he's been. I think maybe you could kind of squint and imagine Manaya getting off to sort of the start he's been on. And but I also feel like the Giants have managed to figure out, oh, Manaya shouldn't pitch in the first inning. <laughs> well, like we'll get four bulk innings, you know, but also it seems like they signed both guys with some sort of like we have to do some uh, under the hood stuff with these guys. But I just don't think they they were immediately disasters. And I think that put the Giants on the wrong foot in a lot of ways this year. Yeah, it, it has. And I, I will also say about Schmidt, um, he had such a great start. It's kind of obscured that his last couple of weeks have not been that good. Um, he's, you know, obviously he, he's had one walk, which that's great, but, uh, it's been a while since he homered. He, uh, is not hitting for a ton of power right now. His average is, you know, 250 or so over the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, he's fallen off. And I think you've seen that, um, over last week when, you know, the Giants had gone five, five and two the previous week. And then they, you know, they did what they did last week and, you've kind of seen some of that is, is due to Casey Schmidt not performing the way he had. Um, and that, you know, it happens like not to say that he's awful or going to be awful or he can't rebound or anything. Um, but the way that they're relying on him, I think has been, has meant that his, his kind of poor performance has hurt the team more than it would if, uh, if they were fully healthy or if they had a deeper lineup. I think that's exactly right. And, uh, the road trip that they were on, that's really where it took a big chunk because heading into that road trip, he was, he had a 979 OPS. It's annoying if I read the whole line, right? So he had a 979 OPS uh, through his first 12 games and only four of those games were on the road. They were all in Arizona and those were his, his games three, four, five, and six of his major league career. But the seven on the road, he, he had a 490 OPS. So it was a big drop. He had basically one extra base hit, struck out seven times. The one walk was against Corbin Burns. Pretty cool. Um, and then actually since since in the homestand, he's, he's been better. You know what I mean? So it could be just like a combination of the travel, like his first real big road trip because he played in Arizona in spring. It's not that big of a, of a transition, but playing in the Midwest, dealing with those different parks and all that other stuff, that could be a part of it as well. But yeah, I mean, also it's just not that surprising that in this first 30 games, he's going to have his ups and downs and even the first season. Um, yeah. All right. What's next. Uh, so next is from our, our other great friend, Andrew Bader, uh, who asks first off, what would the giants have to do to alienate San Francisco? 
Okay, I Brian, have thought I about it. I feel like this is your wheelhouse. <laughs> it's a boring answer because I really did think about this. We we've seen that I think the political stuff from Charles Johnson has had maybe a very minor impact, but I really think it 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 would come down to this. They being the A's is the obvious example, and I think what's the Giants fans' version of being the A's? It's if they hadn't signed all the free agents this past offseason. I think if this, the team is perceived as not trying, which is completely different from actually not trying, uh, I think that's when they start to really lose people. And that's when they really start to alienate people. Because I think there's an argument to be made that San Francisco can feel like it's given the Giants a lot and ha- and they've gotten a lot from that. And the idea that they wouldn't go after Shohei Otani, that they wouldn't spend, you know, have a $200 million payroll, whatever you I think that's what would start to really turn people off. The trying and failing is sort of a sub. It's not the same. There's a gap between trying and failing and then not trying at all and having an outward. Um, not You don't even have to be as bad as the A's. But if like, you know, and as gross as Larry Bear is, like if they came out and said, we're, we're happy with our team. And uh, like he's trying to talk up what they acquired. And it's a funny quote about stripling him and I and the light bulb will go off like that's that is its own way of like upsetting people. But it's still not the same as saying like what the Orioles are doing, which, yes, the Orioles are off to a great start. But Marco or Mike Elias like genuinely hates other people like he sees <laughs> other humans as like NPCs. You know, it's like there's like a, an inhumanity and I think a combination of not trying and inhumanity will like the Giants have to work very hard to like the Giants community fund and be involved in all these nights because they really do have to make the case that they are a part of this community. Otherwise, I think people just turn on them. We see it for what it is. It's a it's a it's a temple to avarice. And so the moment it stops being about entertainment at all, I think that's when the city turns. What do you think? I mean, I, I will also say the Giants have never been consistently awful. Like they've had bad stretches, you know, and those stretches are always four years long. But if they had one of those Orioles stretches where from 1998 to 2011, they didn't have a winning season, they, you know, they had one season where they won 79 games, two where they won 78, and then a couple where they won 74. And then after that, it's just, it's, you know, mostly in the 60s. They had a stretch like that. I, you know, San Francisco's never had to deal with that. Even the, you know, the dark days, the early 80s, they didn't have to deal with that. So a team that just is perpetually bad, perpetually unable to do a thing competently. Um, you know, if you combine that with any off the field reason to not like them personally, which, you know, they have with Charles Johnson, they have with Larry bear. Um, then yeah, I think that would, that would kill a lot of it. Uh, a lot of the goodwill. You said it better than I did. They they don't have the goodwill built in that the A's did because, yeah, you're absolutely right. If they stop dancing from one minute, <laughs> I think it's over. I really yeah. do. I think people turn on them hard. And, and I think and they know what, that. You know, a lot of it, and a lot, <laughs> yeah, they have known that for a long time. That's what motivated a lot of the the bad strategy of the Bonds years was that they're like, we have to keep contending. We have to keep running a good team out there, doing our best to to get some to bank some wins or else people are going to stop wanting to show up. Um, and it led to some some bad results. It also that's the exact same attitude that led to the um, Evan Longoria trade and unfortunately the Andrew McCutcheon trade. Um, 
that they're like, we got to get these wins. We got to get these, these stars in. they're going to help us. You know, they're going to help us. We, so, I mean, they're never going to be the A's because I think ownership, even if it's purely selfish is, does want to win. Um, and, and then, you know, it doesn't have to be, they want to win because they're competitive. They just want to win to keep the money coming in, but that's good enough. Um, mm-hmm. But if that ever stops, then the, the city will absolutely turn on them. And it's like, why is that the case? You know, what's the difference between the Warriors and the eight? Like, why do the Oakland teams, why are they so much more embraced than, say, the Giants? And I, I got to think it's just, you know, the the Giants moved to the Bay Area, but then so did the A's. You know, what's the difference? I don't know. It's as simple as the mystery of human beings. Some people are cooler than others. You know what <laughs> um, I mean? I mean the, the, the Oakland teams are underdogs. I mean, that's the thing. The, they are. They always have been. Um, the A's are in the shed. Like the A's, even when the A's are better than the Giants. You know, that's been a remarkably better. It, it must yeah. be said remarkably better. <laughs> right. But that, but that was a long time ago. Right. And since then, they've been in the Giants' shadow. The Warriors have not been in anyone's shadow except for the shadow of you know, spending 20 years being a bad basketball team. Um, and then the the 49ers were like the Cadillac franchise of the NFL. So the Raiders were always going to be second fiddle to them. So, I mean. And they got I there mean, by yeah. knocking off the old standbys, the Cowboys and, and yeah. all that. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the things. So that ironically kind of makes the Oakland teams cool because the San Francisco teams were more popular in that way. Um mm-hmm. And so, you know, they kind of had that cachet, but the Giants had the money. So It's it's Batman versus Spider-Man. More people love <laughs> Spider-Man because Spider-Man's an underdog. Batman's a yeah. billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. And and darker. Yes. And moodier for sure. Yeah. That, there we go. OK. All right. Let's do the, the quick hits. Uh, does Crawford leave on his own terms? Yeah, I think he's done after the season. I was a little curious if he was going to like maybe try to, you know, see him with the Reds or something. But I think this is it. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. Uh, how many times has Larry Bear made jokes about someone else's accusations of domestic violence? So the question seems poised to be like, since he was caught on camera. Right. And I would venture to guess since then. Uh, probably a couple of times because he, he had to like catch himself. <laughs> like, uh, but I would say beforehand, probably a lot. And also, uh, not even jokingly, I'm sure there were similar incidents with his wife or other people close to him because that, that did not just get caught on camera the very first time it happened. Um, so, yeah, I would say I would say before definitely a lot. I mean, he might have done it zero times since then because he's such a PR person that he might it just that facade's always up. I'll say this much about him. It definitely looks like he lost about 10% of his life force since then. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, <laughs> will the Giants crack 2 million fans again this decade? Yes, I think so. I, I, I didn't have to think much about this question. I don't know if the Giants are super duper cheating in the minor leagues because all these all the prospects suddenly being good is, I guess, a little suspicious, but maybe not. <laughs> but I can't wait to have Roger on here because he's going to I'm going to give him 15 minutes to just rip on me. And I'm going to ask him, like, OK, genius, what's happened? <laughs> he's going to have to answer. It was just luck or that they're super duper cheating. But they have so many p- potentially exciting prospects to come in there. Marco Luciano, 
is oh, not even good job. Not even yeah, not even the closest one yet. And he's he's doing great since his promotion. But Louis Matos, if he comes up, Doug, I, I'm not even I'm not even chancing to hope that he keeps hitting the way he's done at every other level in the major leagues. It's just, I can't fathom it. I, I can't fathom it. I don't want to think about it, but like if some stuff like that starts happening, I think it gets very exciting in a hurry. And, and yeah, I, it's not even a let the kids play thing. It's like, wow, if they they can actually put together an exciting team, that's fun to watch. I think that'll be enough. Yeah. I will also say 2 million fans is not that many. The giants might be on pace for 2 million fans this year. It's, an average of about 24,700 per game, which I, I don't think they're that far off that if they're off it at all. Um, so I think 2 million fans is definitely going to happen. Then uh, Drew Bader's last question, has the pitch clock killed off regional fans from attending games in cities with traffic? I don't think so. I, I gave this some thought and I, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think, the people that are like, oh, we'll get there by the third inning and we'll still have plenty of time. I don't think that's the normal. I could be a little wrong. That might be like the normal person who goes to a lot of games, but for people who mostly go to games and like make a, an event out of it, I don't think so. And I, I also think the pitch clock, meaning that games get over earlier, actually would improve the chances of people going more often is that they know they're not going to be there till 11 at night or so. Yeah, I mean, I remember also, back... Um... Back before the pitch clock, you know, I lived for a while I lived in the East Bay. Uh, and if there was an extra inning game, you'd be like, well, I don't know. Am I going to get home? Am I, is Bart still going to be running when I leave? Maybe. Um, so that's it's something to consider that you don't really have to consider anymore. I think there's a lot of other subtle factors. Whatever's going on with San Francisco, affordability, uh, the energy there. I still, I still think we're coming back from, you know, this really traumatic event that happened to civilization in 2020 and 2021. And we're not really totally done with it and all that stuff and had a lot of effects, uh, vibes banner. And if, if the giants are playing well, or if the city is alive and there's a diversity of people coming in and out of it for various reasons, lots of activity, economic, social, whatever, cultural, um, you know, I think that all has an, a knock on effect. Oh, well, we're here. We'll go see a Giants game or we're going to go see a Giants game and go do this, this and that. And I still think the other this, this and that, that's all still coming back in some way and has an effect. OK, then from Justin Cooper at Jacob 16, what's keeping the Giants from using Tristan Beck as a starter? God, have I been asking that question apart from them, them sending him down? Another question is Sean Jelly. What's his role going forward? Is he done as a starter? We'll work backwards from that. Sean Jelly is still starting in AAA, and uh, Tristan Beck has been sent down. He has yet to make a start down there, but I got to imagine that they are sending him down specifically to, to get him to be a starter. I'll say about both guys on the major league team, they're one of those, they're both guys that it's like, oh, he's actually better in shorter bursts. His stuff plays better. But Beck's numbers, uh, even in four inning blocks, were so good. You're talking about one more inning. You can't yeah. get one more good inning out of him every five days. I think that's the value proposition. I mean, they've got basically five guys. They've got Junis. Junis is pitching better, which is good to see. So it's like they have a lot of like bulky guys. So do you want to keep Beck there or what does utility be as a starter? And then when would, when would gets hurt again? 
Like, does he come yeah. back and he's just in as your number five starter and he's going to give you Alex Wood level performance from the start? I think that's a pretty good plan. Jelly, though, I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, I think he's bad. <laughs> like, um, he's pitched okay in AAA, though. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think that major league hitters are better than that. I think that what he what he showed in the majors was that, you know, he he had his stuff. He was throwing pretty hard. He uh, was sort of maxing out from from where with what he could do and it just wasn't working. So, I mean, the giants were kind of betting on him as part of their, like uh, their project of collecting guys with different arm angles. And so I think that was part of why he got to be on the roster for a while to see if like they can make it work where, you know, you have someone who throws normally and then you have this super tall guy who throws the ball from way up there. And to see if that's going to, going to make a difference and it seems like it didn't. And maybe that makes more of a difference when guys are in AAA and they haven't hit the majors yet. They're not the best of the best of the best. Uh, but I, you know, I'm I'm kind of down on Jelly right now just because, man, we saw that fail so many times. And it's hard to see what he would do differently. I, he's not in that zone where they're going to DFA him, but it's not because I think he still has at least one more option left. But he's definitely at... If anything, he's going to be a reliever, yeah. and 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 I don't know. Well, I'm sure we'll see him again, just because that's the way that the churn goes as people get injured and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty down on him. I was surprised to see that as a starter, he's still holding his own in AAA, even because <laughs> by the time his exit from the major leagues, it's like yeah, it's not it's not working. Um, but but uh, Tristan Beck, I think that's the one where it. You already you started off the answer with like I don't know why they're not starting him yet either, but I think that last outing that is where the Giants are like oh this guy's got to start, but they can't hold that roster spot. The ro- major league roster spots are so precious you can't wait for him to basically recharge for five days. So they they send him down. They're probably going to give him a couple of starts and then something will happen. Well they'll need him and he'll come back and they'll pitch five innings hopefully. Yeah, I mean basically seeing the way he threw in Milwaukee is what made me think, you know, maybe he can do it as a starter, even if the Giants weren't sure before. And I would yeah. imagine that they were, they, they would want to give it a shot more than, than they had before. And I think, so then this jelly question uh, that Justin asks rolls into our last question from Otis Anderson at old jacket. Does anyone else get a slight sense of body horror when they watch jelly pitch? Is it weird that I miss it? It is weird that you miss it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the sense of body horror. Sure. I just, for me, it's just the regular horror of watching him <laughs> give up all the runs that I didn't like. It's like watching a Velociraptor pitch is how it kind of feels like to me. <laughs> uh, that scene in the, in the kitchen in Jurassic Park. Now imagine it standing up and, and throwing a 94 mile an hour <laughs> pitch. That you then hit for a two-run home run, but it would be scary in the moment. <laughs> it, would, it would be scary. No, I mean it's it is kind of there is something to be said for seeing dudes who don't look like other dudes. Um, like you know, you watch Jelly, and you know you know which one he is. You know uh, the one River Cats game we've we've gone to this year. Sean Jelly came in from the bullpen. We're like, we know which one he is. He's a foot taller than everyone else. You're not going to miss him. And like, it's, it's fun to see that. And it's also a little bit like, oh, is the human body supposed to look like that? 
only on a basketball court. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So, I mean, I, I understand it from that perspective, but it is weird that you miss it. Yes. They're uh, the two guys in one of the best videos the Giants have done this year, the Jelly and VR team up video. Uh, it's it's a shame that they're both struggling so much because they had such a fun dynamic together and and uh, you know it'd just be fun to see them do one more video but as major leaguers but I don't think we're gonna see that uh, or on the major league roster they're major leaguers now I just don't think we're gonna see that but uh, Doug do you know what you're gonna write about later this week Brian I absolutely do not uh, but you can find out at giantsdoug.substack.com twice a week Tuesdays and Thursdays and we'll be back on Thursday with what we're finding interesting and concerning about the giants, as well as our bullpen trust power rankings for may. I know you've all been waiting for that. I have. And I think about it. I like around may 16th. I'm like, I got to start thinking about it now. And, uh, and, and I know Doug, you're like five minutes before we record. You're like, shit, I got to think about this. (laughs) Yeah. I just go to the chart. So who was on the roster right now? But uh, it's a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. We'll be back on Thursday with that one. So until then, go Giants.